Welcome to the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, where we have mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. If you want to check us out on social media, we're currently available on Instagram and on Twitter at ACannabisPod. And if you want to check out an alternative way to listen to us, we're basically hosted wherever podcasts can be found. We're currently hosted on Podbean, and uh, the nice people at Podbean send us out wherever podcasts can be heard. My name is Cam, and I've been smoking weed for just over two years now, since Canadian legalization. And my name's Joel, and I've been smoking weed for a little bit longer, about 25 years. (laughs) Just a little longer. Yeah, just a little, just a smidge. This week on the podcast, we are going to be doing a home grow episode. And I am really excited for this, because it's been quite a while since we've checked in with you on your grow journey, eh, Cam? Yeah, the last episode that we put out for like anything that I've done with growing was back in September. Jeez, feels like so much has happened since. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened since September. So, I mean, six months, right? Yeah. It's been a bit of a journey with this grow. I've had a lot of uh, ups and downs. It's literally been a fucking roller coaster ride, but I've learned a lot and I'm really excited to chat about it. Yeah, me too, man. These episodes are always fun to me. We, we kind of get to shoot the breeze and hearing about the, your grow experience is great for me because it's something I don't have a lot of knowledge about. And uh, I get it to kind of ask you questions like, you know, uh, a guy on the side like I am. So it's going to be fun. But as per usual, we like to start our show out by talking about what's been on our rolling tray this week. So Cam, what have you been smoking? Um, this past week has been a bit of a continuation of my like my tolerance reset. I've been trying to reduce how much I've been consuming cannabis uh, just because like I was getting a little bit, a little bit carried away with combustion and stuff like that. I feel like my, my tolerance had gone up over the last few months. So um, over the last few weeks, I have been decreasing my consumption a little bit and utilizing both of my vaporizers just because they have different capacities, kind of starting with the smaller one and then moving to the, the bigger one in the evenings. But I digress. This past week, I was trying to finish off some old stock just because I've got a, a few new orders that have come in from some of my medical dispensaries over the last few weeks. So I was trying to finish off some old stock. I polished off some sage and sour as well as some island honey this past week. Um, we've, we never really got a chance to review the sage and sour, but it's something that I actually quite enjoyed to smoke during the day. It's quite strong. So first thing in the morning, it's it gives you a little bit of pep. Uh, yesterday, you had texted me um, after I had mentioned it. And you're like, yeah, put some pep in your step. And I had said, uh, yeah, and some some fog into my noggin too, because I couldn't really function to uh, couldn't really function yesterday. Outside of that, uh, we received a package from our friend at Percy's Grow Room podcast, the High on Homegrown podcast. Temple Grower sent us some of his homegrown weed. Uh, He had sent us a sample of some Jack Harer, some Northern Lights, some uh, Skunk Number One, and some Species 8472. And uh, I just got into the Jack Harer of that, and it was quite nice. So thanks, TG. I'm excited to check out the other ones. You had got into a little bit deeper, though, hadn't you? Well, I think as most folks know, I I tend to consume a little bit more than you, and I just couldn't help myself. Uh, Well, the fact that we were getting to try TG's weed was is pretty cool. Temple Grower, uh, you give him a follow on Twitter or Instagram. He's a really cool guy, and he grows some phenomenal weed, and he always throws up some dope pictures of his bud. He's actually been doing some barbecuing lately. That's been kind of uh, catching my eye too, making me a little jealous. But sending us like some really really well grown cannabis, and some of these being like cultivars that are like classics, like favorites of mine from back in the day. Like I've mentioned before on the show that Northern Lights 
is just one of my go-tos from back in the day. Uh, skunk number one was also, and it's been a really long time since I've had a, a proper skunk. And to try it out from him, it, it was just great. So the couldn't keep my hands out of the jars. All I've got left is a little bit of Northern Lights that I'm going to have for uh, a little bit of sleepy time tonight, I think. So that's been a real treat to have that fresh weed. I just couldn't resist. And uh, that Jack Hare with my coffee in the morning too, just chef's kiss. Perfect. Yeah, the weed was growing really well. I was really excited, man. Um, he's he uses those um those like uh food processor like baggies for them, like uh like when you're trying to like freeze uh food or whatever, you know those just like plastic plastic sheeting. Anyways, um, when I opened them up to separate them out to drop some off for you, each one of those little baggies just popped with so much aroma. It's like you, this stuff has grown super well. I, I'm just really excited to get a sample of it from TG and, and hopefully I'll, uh, well, not hopefully I will be sending some of my homegrown stuff out to him once I get this grow over with as well. But aside from that, not much else is on my rolling tray this past week, other than, uh, the cultivar that we are reviewing today, which is the OG Kush from Willow Weed. What about you, man? What else did you have on your, on your rolling tray list, uh, this past week? Well, I've had a few things in addition to the stuff that TG sent us. Uh, I did get a couple of orders that I received myself. But before I get into that, so I, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Do you do you think that uh, your consumption this week was uh, a little different than usual or because you did the same thing that you did last week or was it uh, irregular? <laughs> it's similar to the week before, I'd say, but it was a little bit different because uh, I took a couple of days off this week. I think you did too, right? So there was a couple of days where I, I consumed a little bit more than normal just because I wasn't working at all, but it was regularly irregular. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, you're, you're, you're taking away the fun I'm having poking at you. So uh, uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I did take a couple of days off this week and that allowed me to... Um, consume considerably more because uh, we're not forced with a, an eight hour tolerance break <laughs> that we have to take every day at the office. But uh, I had a few things. So I was mentioning an order show up. So uh, the recent shelter sale showed up at my door. So I got a bit of the critical Bilbo, the Bruce Banner, uh, some more black cherry punch. Uh, I picked up an eighth of the blue dream from simply bear because the new lot I'd been hearing good things about nice. and a bit of uh, that cherry punch from the organic craft folks down in Vernon. I thought all of these would be interesting to kind of do some salad mixing uh, in the line that we've been talking about with the planet of the grapes. So th that was kind of the reasoning behind it. I had a shopper's order show up that I'd uh, sent in previously. Uh, I got an ounce of the uh, Afghan from Pure Sun Farms for about hundred bucks. So that was a, you know, solid keep the, the that one stacked. Uh, my wife qu quite likes the Afghan and uh, it's a good THC range for her. And it's nice to have a bunch of it at a, you know, inexpensive price. I think it was like three bucks a gram or three fifty a gram or something like that. So can't go wrong. Of course, I restocked myself on some readies uh, for the show, which reminds me I should uh, light one up as we're talking here. A little bit of ready outlaws to keep myself going while we're recording. And uh, finally, that 48 North pressed hash showed up as well. So it was good to uh, get into that because I had cleared out all of that mood ring stuff because it did not last. I, I really, really like that stuff, man. Wow. It sounds like you are well stocked right now. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> I am. And, but not only that, but Canmart had a sale this week where the uh, Ogin products were buy an eighth, get an eighth free, basically. So I, I picked up an ounce of the gas berries for, like, I think, 150 bucks. Which is just great value. Like, holy crap. Oh, um, I just like, like that product and it lasts, right? It's a little bit older, but that packaging on it makes it stand up. So uh, I, I think it was a kind of a no-brainer for me. Even though I've got a pretty stock cupboard, uh, I, 
I had to kind of promise my wife that I'm not going to buy anything else this month, but <laughs> that I think that was fair. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That Ogen stuff flew off the shelves at Cadmart too once it went on sale. Um, like I, had, I think I had texted you in like in the afternoon when I saw the email come through, and uh, by like 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Pacific, I had gone back in just to see if like, oh well, maybe I'll throw a little bit of an order together, and it was all gone except for a little bit of the Skittles. Wow. So people are pretty stoked on that Ogen stuff, I think. And it's funny is that I never bothered to try any of their other products. I guess that would have been an opportune time to check out uh, some of the others, but I'm just like, no, nah, I really like that gas berries and the, the effects of that just nail a lot of it. So it, it's, it's a good one. It's good to have a, a good stock of that, I think. Yeah, I agree. I really like that gas berries. I don't know why, but I, I've just never really been impressed by the Skittles cultivars that I've had. So no, that didn't really matter who does it. I've had a few. Yeah. It's just doesn't, it doesn't quite hit the way I like. Yeah, it doesn't really turn the crank for me for whatever reason. I did hear some pretty good stuff on that early glue that they had, though. I think those are the three that they have on on Canmart, yes. if I'm not mistaken. The early glue, the Skittles, and then the the gas berries that we so enjoy. The, yeah. yeah, they had like some limited drop in Alberta, too. And I, I, I want to say it might have been an OG Kush. Oh, that would have been nice. I'm always a fan of OG Kush. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later, too. Yes, we will. This willowweed stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do you think we should get right into the home grow here? Yeah, we, yeah, we could. I think, yeah, the only other thing that I've been consuming is that willow weed. So let's get started, man. Do you want to kind of start out laying out a little bit of a, an outline about what you're doing with your grow this round? Yeah. So for this grow, I had reduced the amount of plants that I was growing in my tent from four down to two. The okay. idea behind that was uh, the first, well, sorry, my, my second grow that I did with four plants, once I did some some low stress training and stuff like that, I did find that it was kind of difficult to get the canopy even just because I was running out of room in my tent. Like physically, it was hard for me to get my arms in and and do stuff within there. Okay. As as well as uh, I, I wanted to try and, you know, really try to bush out my plants to, to make two fit the whole tent. And uh, I had some mediocre success with that but anyways this for this grow i i've been growing uh one blueberry plant that's blueberry weed not just actual blueberry (laughs) plants as well as one king tut i grew them in cocoa again so i i'm I'm staying with that okay the first the first grow i had done soil the second one i had done cocoa and i'm continuing on with the cocoa because i did have some success and i i did find that it was an enjoyable experience the second time yeah, really for this for this grow is really trying to to focus on low stress training. And what I mean by that is just tying down branches around the plant, trying to maintain an even camp canopy so that I can get good light exposure to all the different bud sites and really maximize the production for my tent. Is that is that what uh, having an even canopy does like you, you've mentioned that a couple times there and i'm not familiar so for our listeners who may not also be growers is that the idea you get more light to the various bud sites is that the the benefit to having your canopy be kind of even from from what i've read there's a few there's a few benefits to it one is uh you get yeah more light more even light exposure to all your different bud sites okay it's because there's no like one tall plant that's blocking out light or anything like that, you know, everything's getting a, a somewhat even exposure. That makes sense. If, yeah. If, if, if you're not able to maintain a, an even canopy, then some of your buds are going to be closer to the light than others that may block out light to certain bud sites. And uh, as well as you, you may not get like a, a consistent, you may not get consistent bud structures throughout all of your different branches on your plants. Okay. The other benefit to it is uh, it, it really helps with 
air throughout your canopy as well. If if you're able to like keep it even and 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 get a bunch of the fan leaves uh, trimmed out of it and everything like that, that that extra movement of air is really good. That air circulation is really good because uh, it helps reduce the the chance of of there being like buildup and moisture of, it, of certain areas and stuff as well. And uh, having excess moisture in your canopy isn't really good either. No, because that. Does that lead to like bud rot and, and mold potentially if, if yeah. the moisture is off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh, white powder mildew or whatever. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen when you have an increased humidity. Humidity, I guess, is really the the the, the cause there. But yeah, so for this grow, it's it's been a very irregular timeline for me. <laughs> I've I, I began this this grow in early October, and I've had a lot of issues with it, unfortunately. Okay. And um, it's kind of led to a prolonged timeline. Um, I'm still currently in flower. This grow is not done yet. I've had uh, significant issues. And uh, unfortunately, I've had a very irregular 17 week long vegetation stage. <laughs> and what's like a, a typical vegetation stage for the plants that you're growing right now? Um, for typical, uh, it's really what you want to like, what you want to do with your own indoor setup for a similar setup to my own. I think most people like to veg between like six to to eight weeks, maybe nine or 10, depending on how big they want to get their, their, their plants. For me, it took about nine weeks for me to get to a growth stage of about what you'd expect in two weeks of grow, <laughs> of <Whoa>. growth. <laughs> yeah. Because I had some significant issues. One of them being, uh, I reused cocoa this time, and uh, I had read online that that you can reuse cocoa, and it's good to just give it a good flush, just to make sure that any kind of like salt buildup from the previous nutrients, um, any kind of lingering nutrients in there is all kind of flushed out. So you're basically getting like a just a reset growing medium. And uh, I thought I had done a good job with that, but unfortunately, I hadn't, and it really, really hampered the growth that I had in the early stages of this grow. Oh man. So like it was just wasn't sufficiently cleaned or you're not, I mean, you probably don't even know, right? It just kind of like, you're just like things didn't get off the way you were expecting. Yeah. It was a little bit about like the, I, I guess I didn't do a proper flush. And when I reused this, this cocoa, there was still like extra nutrients within the soil. And uh, the, the plants were, were having a hell of a time trying to figure out what the hell was going on early on. The first few days, everything looked all right once the flowers, or sorry, once the, the seeds popped. Mm-hmm. But after like a week or so, they hadn't really grown. And I was, I was noticing that um, there wasn't really any any vigor to the plants they were they're kind of like droopy uh they hadn't really gotten their second uh, set of leaves in um when i had expected them to so i kind of just kept watering them and watering them for like two or three weeks and nothing was really happening it was it was really sad actually (laughs) these these little seeds they stayed in their little seedling phase for like two three weeks and took me a significant amount of time to to get this the soil reset or the the cocoa reset until they could kind of rebalance themselves out and and see what happened in the early stages. The, the blueberry was, I thought I was just going to lose it completely. And the King Tut was, was doing okay. Eventually that kind of swapped at some point. (laughs) I don't know, man. It was, it was just, it was shit. It was, um, it was not going very well. I was talking to my, my Groda who, who, 
helps me quite often. And um, he had told me he would have just abandoned it, but I was determined to get these plants back. (laughs) (laughs) You were on a mission to bring it back from the dead. Yeah, I was on an absolute mission. So I just, what I had, what I had done was um, I kind of figured that it was something to do with the growing medium. So I just kept flushing it. I didn't add any, any extra nutrients to it. I just kept giving them water, giving them water, but also overwatering these things isn't good either. So it took a few weeks. Meanwhile, something that was also new with this, this uh, grow was that I got a new light. I, my my first two grows I had done under this uh, small Viper Spectra Blurple light, and it was working very well for those first two grows. But after the second grow, I, I didn't get the the production that I wanted out of the plants that I had. So the next thing I thought of was like, okay, well, maybe I can upgrade the light. So I had done that. Uh, I had got a, a Mars Hydro TSW2000 light, and it's quite pretty. Sounds fancy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is kind of fancy. Um, it's an LED light, and uh, I heard that they're that they're doing pretty well. So they have uh, good nodes in them. I think they're like Samsung light nodes, and uh, those are of significant quality. So I was I, I felt good about that. Something that I had done that probably didn't help out these these small little baby plants was uh, I had changed the light right away, and I didn't start with my my old light in the vegetative phase, and I think the extra light intensity was also stunting these plants significantly in the early stages okay did it take you a long time to kind of uh, diagnose this yeah yeah it took me weeks man like i said it, it took me about uh, two or three weeks of just like flushing the soil and then uh i i think that the light was was also a significant issue because like i wasn't really seeing them grow at all actually like uh they were very stunted any new growth was taking days and days and days for it to turn into what i would expect um it to in a like a single day almost early on these these plants grow quickly they double in size over a few days it seems like and that just like keeps happening over the first few weeks of vegetative phase and it just wasn't happening on this one so i think that the light intensity was a big issue as well as this uh this cocoa that i reused Things didn't start to turn around until I swapped out the new light for my old one. Oh, okay. And then things started to to come back. Um, so it took me about nine weeks for them to get to, I don't know, fill up my solo cup that I had put them in. And that's that's a long time. <laughs> At what point did you change the light? I think it was week five or week, week six. Five? Okay. Yeah. I mean, and at some point, uh, and some grows like they're off to the races at week six and oh. they're almost ready to be flipped over to flower. So, uh, I had some significant issues and, uh, really kind of highlighted my, my novice growing skills here. So are you just kind of looking at this as an opportunity to kind of like try a bunch of shit and not really worry about the result because like the plants were already kind of fucked from the beginning? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I was cool. um, I was determined to bring these ones back, and I'm I'm seeing the the rewards of that now. Um, it did pay off. It just took me a long time, but it's kind of like people uh, people who are a little bit hesitant in growing growing weed. Like these these plants are quite resilient. Like I I did a lot of things wrong early on with these plants, and uh, I still managed to bring them back. And I have two quite healthy plants now but it, it took some time it took a lot of trial and error to kind of dial it in um, if I had just used, used clean cocoa off the beginning and uh, a, a less intense light I think that this would have been totally fine but uh, those two issues created some significant hurdles for me to overcome like we'd be smoking that weed right now oh we'd be smoking that weed right now <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely we would be 
it's it's pretty sad, but I've, I've learned a lot. I also had issues with pests again. I, I have oh. so much issues with pests. Our house, we, we are just infested with fungus gnats for some reason. I can't get rid of them. And uh, I think that when I... Uh, was storing this cocoa that I had reused. I think that something had got into these storage containers that I had them in huh. because um, early on as well, I had these grubs that were in the cocoa. Like after about, I don't know, four or five weeks, there was like these sizable grubs in my cocoa. And I've never seen that before. So I don't think it was fungus gnats because these things were quite large. I don't know what they were. It could have almost been like fly larvae or something like that, just like house fly larvae. Uh, it was pretty fucking gross though. And, uh, but once I, once I kind of like scooped them all out, um, it was, it was fine. I didn't see them come back again. Um, but unfortunately I've, I have had some issues with fungus gnats on this one that I'm, I'm just recently starting to overcome actually. Oh man. So what, what was your solution this time for the fungus gnats this time? Yes. I didn't do diatomaceous earth. Like I had done previously just cause I, I have to water my plants too frequently and the diatomaceous earth, it just, it turns into like this gross paste. And I, I feel like once it gets to that paste consistency, it's not really doing the job it needs to do. So what I had done was I just took like three or four days off of watering and really dried out the medium. The plants do get a little sad, but they don't, they're, they're not going to die or anything. If you don't water them in, in three or four days, they just lose some vigor, but it takes a, a couple of days for them to, to get that back. Once you get into your regular watering cycle again. So I dried it out and, and that had helped. I have some sticky traps that I'm putting at the base of my plants as well. Um, and those have helped. But one thing that I did that has really helped recently is I bought this tower oscillating fan and what I had read was that uh, it's really good to to have constant airflow in in your tent and especially around around your flowers for fungus gnats so that they're not able to actually like land on your flowers and like go in and out of them. Oh, okay. If you increase the the amount of like airflow in your in your tent, fungus gnats just aren't good flyers. They they're not stable flyers. Any kind of breeze and they just go out of control. They they can't handle it. So it, uh, if you have a lot of air circulation in your tent, then, uh, they just, they can't fly. It, it makes them stick to like the base of the, of the plants and they, they do far less damage when they're just like chilling around the base of the plants. Huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It took me a little while to do that though. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, I have quite a kind of like, um, MacGyvered rig for this thing. This, this, fan that I bought this tower oscillating fan. It's like, I don't know, 14 inches long. And I had to drill two holes in the base and I kind of just strung it up off of one of the, the top rails of my, of my tent. And it's, it's quite hokey, but it's doing the job. <laughs> hokey. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hokey when you, when you're building shit yourself, man, it's never hokey. Well, it was, it was very DIY. I had to just kind of like throw it together just because, um, I, I needed something. There wasn't really anywhere for me to mount it to. So I just did the best I could. And it's, it's honestly working quite well. I'll probably just leave it in there for all my future growth the way it is too. I don't know if I'll really need to improve it. Nice. Well, yeah. that's a permanent fixture. <laughs> yeah, it may be at the very least. I had some other issues with this one too, just with the light, the, the, with the low stress training about like midway through flowering. Once I had got the plants to, back to their actual glory, like where they should be. I'd, I'd say about maybe week 12, week 13 of flowering. So my, my plants had like four or five nodes. I was just starting to uh, stretch them out. My King Tut, for whatever reason, was, was doing poorly. 
but my blueberry was like off to the races, like fully vigorous. It was growing like crazy, but mm. for some reason, my King Tut just wasn't. And so when I was doing my low stress training on them, my blueberry was growing out of control. I was able to keep an even canopy with it, but the canopy was creeping up a lot higher than it was in the King Tut just because the King Tut wasn't growing very well. Right. Yeah. But uh, luckily I had enlisted the help of a uh, temple grower who had, we had talked about earlier here. Um, and he had given me some pointers on it. And uh, he had basically told me to just do another flush of the King Tut's cocoa, like four or five days of just water, just completely reset the grow medium and then start uh, adding the nutrients back into it. And uh, after about a week of, uh, of a good flush on the King Tut, it did start to come back. But at the same time, the blueberry was just growing out of control. So between the two plants, the, the blueberry makes up like 75% of my canopy and the King Tut is like 25% of the canopy. Oh, wow. Cause it's because of that like time gap where the blueberry yeah. went, was just off and going. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, man, because I, I had them kind of growing on like the left side of my tent was the blueberry. And then the right hand side of my tent was the King Tut. And I was hoping to just like kind of split them into two rectangles, like growing um, like lengthways or I guess tallways. So I wanted like the, the right hand side to be like stretched out, like use the whole, that whole side as just the King Tut um, on the right hand side. And then the left side, only just a blueberry but how it happened is when i threw in my my first scrog net my first trellis net to help spread out the branches the blueberry was so tall i had to actually like bend it into the the top right corner of the tent and it's it's kind of like yeah just taken over that side of the tent and uh the the king tut is is quite a bit smaller well if it's what if it's what the plant wants it's what the plant wants yeah, well, it it just it was too bad. I I, I had um, these grand expectations for this grow, and they just didn't get off to the right start. I've been quite resilient, I think, in 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 coming up with solutions to all the problems that I've had, and I feel quite fortunate to have gotten it to the stage that I've gotten it to. At multiple points, I thought I was going to have to just kill the blueberry or kill the king tot, and then. Um, also when the, the blueberry was thriving so much and the King Tut was looking quite, quite sad. Uh, I had even asked TG, I was like, I mean, this blueberry is like ready to get flipped into flower. Like, do I just cut off the King Tut at this point? Do I just like chop her down and then just go with the blueberry? And he had cautioned me against that. He's just like, well, just do you, do what you can, <laughs> like try to keep that canopy even, like do some topping and, and, uh, maybe even like some super cropping, which is like a very basic explanation of super cropping is, is you kind of like pinch your branches so that they have a little bit of a break, but not broken completely off. Okay. And then you can kind of like bend them in to spots that you couldn't get to before, just because the plant's obviously not just going to be its, its rigid state. You know, you can, you can kind of uh, position it into areas you couldn't before with, with just bre- bending it a little bit. It takes a right. few days for it to recover and have that stem harden back up. But it, it did work really well. It was the first time that I've done it and it was kind of accidental. The first time I did it, I thought I was going to lose like my, my main top of the blueberry when I was uh, pushing it through the trellis net. But yeah, anyways, I've kind of just rambled on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, you said that you were doing some uh, low stress training, right? And my understanding that's when you like tie the branches down. Yeah. Okay. Was there any other different methods that you tried out this time that were like different than you hadn't done before? 
Well, this uh, like impromptu super cropping was one of them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I was trying to stretch my the blueberry down to like the top right hand corner of the tent because it just have, had to overgrown the tent, like I had said. And in the in the course or during the course of me bending it into that top right corner, I'd actually like pinched the branch completely and I thought I was just going to lose it. But yeah, that was one thing uh, that I tried. I'd done topping again, but I I don't know that I had done it well enough uh, to really, I don't know, to really see the, the, the fruits of that. I, I was really trying to work on keeping my plant symmetrical in, in previous grows or my other grow, my, my top two stems from, uh, from where I had originally topped, like they just have grown out of control in, in, in my previous grows, like on my previous four plants that I had done. So on this one, I was trying to keep it more uniform and I was really having a tough time with that. There is a, 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 a thing that people do called mainlining where they basically just keep a very compact, like six branches. And I, I had attempted that with this try with this try, but uh, unfortunately I didn't have much success with it. Um, I'm going to have to try it again. I, I'm not very good at low stress training. I, I really need to work on it and I will be working on it more in, su- in subsequent grows. It's, it's, it's taken me quite a bit of time to be able to hone in on how to keep that canopy even and uh, you know, make make the most of my of my tent more or less yeah but i really like that you took this opportunity with this grow to use it as that learning experience right when like you're saying some people might have like just kind of reset and chopped it down early on you've got the the time to make some mistakes and not necessarily worry as much and try out a few different things so it's it's kind of cool that you did that now something that you mentioned a little earlier that i've seen a lot when people are doing grows and I don't think it's anything like uh, out of the ordinary, but you, you called it a scrog or a trellis. And it's not like that net netting that you always see in, in people's grow pictures, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I believe what most people try to do is they, they assemble their scrog, which is just an acronym for screen of green. Acronyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. And uh, when like a few weeks before they flip to flower, people like to put in a, a scrog so that they can help move the, the branches outwards and maintain that even canopy. It also provides some support to the branches for once, like for their, their future growth. So uh, that's something that people employ a, a few weeks before they flip over to flower. And for this one, I had done something a little bit different than my previous grow. I had made a wood structure for it. And then I had uh, run some some like high quality cord across it and made my trellis that way. Previously, I had just purchased a plastic trellis and then just tied it off on all four corners of my of my tent. But this time I wanted to try something a little bit different. It seemed a little bit wasteful to just use that plastic netting every single grow. So I wanted to try and make something that I could use on future grows. Now, I don't know if that will be successful or not, but I'm hoping at least. Yeah, well, it's a good idea to try to, you know, do something sustainable when you're doing that, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, okay, you've talked a little bit about, like, some of the the things that you've tried out and some of the issues that you had. So, it sounds like you've had some success in overcoming those issues that you've been facing while you were doing this grow. How are things going for you, like, right now? Where are you at with things at this, like, today? Today, I am at day 33 of flower. So I've got about another 20, 22 days left. Um, I was hoping to do uh, an eight week long flower. Um, I guess it's really dependent on what my flowers want. But so I've got about 20 more days. 
and uh, things are looking really good, man. I, I put in a second trellis, a second layer of trellis a few weeks ago because um, my my blueberry plant, man, the the some of the branches on them are just so long. They were they were <laughs> like five feet tall. They were getting to the right to the top of the tent. So I had to put in a second layer of trellis to really bend them down. Mm-hmm. I'll put some photos on Instagram so people can kind of see, but a few of my taller branches were kind of like put at almost like a 45 degree angle because they were so tall, but using the second trellis, that was really nice uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's worked really well. My, where I'm at right now, uh, like I said, day 33 of flower, my King Tut is looking real nice. Uh, it's a lot smaller than the blueberry is like I've alluded to, mm-hmm. but the tops that I do have of it are, are looking really nice i'm getting a lot of trichome coverage like it's really cool to see how much i'm getting on it at least even compared to the blueberry the blueberry is getting decent trichome coverage but not anywhere close to what i'm getting on the king tot for some reason and i don't know if that's just a genetics thing or 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 what but Mm -hmm. it's been kind of cool to see like i said about i got about 20 days left we'll kind of see where we're at i'm really hoping to chop both of these down at the same time but uh i guess they'll be the the determiners of that (laughs) they will be the deciders yeah the deciders exactly (laughs) but yeah right now i've i've got about I don't know, I, I think like 10 or 12, like significant tops on my blueberry. And uh, the the buds on them are, are about as big as they were on my previous grow when I was about at harvest time. Okay. So I am noticing some significant increases in my output for 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 that. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens over the next few weeks and how big these buds get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm really, I'm really happy with where I've got this to now, man. Uh, it's been a long, a long arduous grow. <laughs> There's been a lot of setbacks. It's, um, this has really been a labor of love, and uh, I've learned a lot. And it's really kind of, really cemented to me that these plants are very hardy, and uh, like almost anybody can grow. I, I've, I've had a lot of issues, but. I encourage anybody out there who's who's curious about growing to check it out. There are people out there who do produce content and and show how to grow from home if you don't if you're if you have like smaller spaces, mm-hmm. if you have a uh, if you don't have as much to invest in the tech, you know there are ways for people to do this in a uh, in a cost effective manner, and I I I really encourage people to to seek out th- that information. Um, there's there's information on Percy'sGrowRoom.com. Uh, Joel and I have been on the uh, the High on Homegrown podcast before, and those guys. Yeah, those guys are a awesome great dudes, resource. First of all, but also really intelligent and knowledgeable about growing. Exactly right. They're they the content they put out is is fantastic. Temple Grower, who we've talked about here, uh, he does a, a bunch of different grows. He's <laughs> he's he's got his own tents, but he also uh, he also does um, does them in like kind of uh, unique ways to try and those show- bud sticks are cool as fuck man right yeah um he does he does grows in unique ways just to show that it can be done in uh like whatever your circumstances are but yeah please if, if you are out there and are curious about it please look into it because it's it's pretty cool and we are very lucky enough in canada to to be able to grow at home legally you know so um, except in I, manitoba <laughs> except in manitoba but hopefully that gets changed in the next while here Toba Grown, check him out on Twitter. He's the one bringing the fight to Manitoba. Yeah, he's fighting the good fight, that guy, for sure. 
So you've described this as a learning experience, right? And that like that was sort of your intent was to kind of rather than to give up to keep going and see what you could pull out of this and and learn from it. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from this? Oh, probably I I would I would probably say it's uh, it's the the things that I've learned about maintaining your your medium, your growing mediums. Okay. Throughout this grow, I have had significant issues with my growing medium. And that's partly because I had reused that cocoa without giving it a proper flush. But it, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of issues in the early goings, like I've alluded to here um, with reusing that cocoa. And then even with my, uh, my King Tut, having its soil get a little bit out of whack um, during flower in the later stages of flower, mm-hmm. it, it's not impossible to come back from. And it does seem that uh, a good flush will will turn those those issues around but it's it's really cemented the importance of of maintaining your 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 medium and uh, making sure that if you are reusing your soil reusing cocoa that you're doing like a proper reset on it because i mean for me i had i had taken that that that's uh that cocoa that I, that was uh used in flowering and I, I had used it on, on my new seeds and obviously like that cocoa, the, the nutrients in it were suited for, for flowering stage, not for vegetative phase. So, uh, not flushing those out properly was, was definitely a, a significant issue here. And, uh, it led to a lot of problems throughout my, <laughs> throughout this grow. So for novice growers out there, maybe maybe try to avoid reusing your, your growing mediums in the, in the first few grows. And if you do give yourself lots of time to flush it out and uh, before you start using it on your, your new little seeds. I think that's a really good, like a really good lesson for people. And like most things in life, I think this is pretty applicable on that. Attention to detail is very important. And it sounds like you can't skimp on that when you're talking about your growing medium. So I think that's really good information to share uh, from what you've learned from your process and growing. But it sounds like you're kind of getting towards the end state of this current grow, right? And things are, are coming towards the wrap up stage where you get to go to trim jail and let everything kind of cure and dry out a little bit. But yeah, have you given any thought to what you're going to do for your next grow? Yeah, I am getting pretty excited for my next grow. Now that this one's like, it's not coming to a close yet. I've still got a lot of work to do on it. Like I said, I still have 20 more days of flowering. And then like (laughs) you alluded to, I still have to dry and cure it. And that's, well, and trim. There's a lot of, there's a lot of work to be done on it, but I am getting really excited about my next grow grows actually, because uh, this year I'm going to do my first ever outdoor grow, which I'm really excited about. I have two close friends of mine who are also going to be doing an outdoor grow with me. So the three of us put in an order for some seeds a few weeks ago and uh, we're awaiting those to be here but um for my next grow i think i'm gonna keep with two plants indoor again um i'm gonna keep focusing on this uh this low stress training i'm gonna mess around with super cropping a little bit more now that i know that uh, pinching off a branch isn't isn't uh like a a death yeah. sentence for your plant or anything like that. So I'm excited about that. I don't know what I'm growing yet. The seeds that I picked up, I got from Seedsman Seed. And uh, I had heard Temple Grower talk about them a couple of times. So I figured like, why not give them a, a, a look-see? So I had ordered some seeds from them. What was nice about their website actually is that you could filter uh, what seeds you want to purchase by what medicinal benefits you want from the plant. Oh, wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. 
it was it was really cool. So what I ended up buying was um, these Candyland seeds, and I got some gelato seeds as well. Ooh, yes, I like gelato. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to grow one Candyland and one gelato for my indoor grow. But for outside, I haven't really settled on what I want yet. With my seedsman seed order, they did throw in a few um, auto seeds for me. And I've never experimented with autoflowering seeds before, so that may be something that I do. But uh, I, I'm I'm thinking that I might grow some of the plants from my second grow as outdoor ones this time. So for those uh, who may not know, um, during my second grow, I grew Ghost Train Haze, which is a personal favorite of mine, as well as I grew some Girl Scout cookies, and I grew this strain called Fucking Incredible, which is a, a pretty hard incredible it yeah. was pretty fucking incredible <laughs> it was pretty fucking incredible it's a pretty harsh traditional indica kind of strain so uh, i'm thinking about maybe using those outside but yeah i i haven't nailed down what i want to do yet but i'm really excited about uh growing some some plants outdoors this year um, i'm gonna use my my old viper spectra light in order to get those seeds started indoors before i move them outside and i'm hoping to do that within the next few weeks here nice well, I think we all look forward to hearing about your continued adventures in growing, and I hope that I will soon be able to join you in that endeavor. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on our homegrown episode number four before we roll into our cultivar of the week? Final thoughts. I love growing weed. It is <laughs> it is such a fun hobby, despite all of the setbacks that I've had over my three grows. I'm learning a lot, and I feel like this has been a very valuable experience that I could transfer to, towards just other other gardening. You know, I, I I've really liked gardening last summer. My spouse and I uh, we grew some some kale and tomatoes and stuff like that, and it was really fun. I'm going to be doing that again this year. I think that just growing plants is a really good hobby in general. It's, it, I mean, some people say it's like therapeutic. I don't really know if I'd go that far, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. I encourage other people out there to give it a try. Um, like I said, we're very fortunate in Canada to be able to grow cannabis legally outside of Manitoba, like you alluded to. But if people are curious about growing, hit me up on Instagram and, and ask me some questions about uh, what I've, what I've done and or what I did. Like I'm, I'm totally happy to answer those kind of questions. I love talking about growing. So yeah. Thanks for everybody uh, who have listened to me drone on about my, my third grow for the last 40 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please anybody out there with questions, feel free to hit me up. I love talking about it. That's the one thing I, I will say about the grower community. I'm not a grower, so I'm not a part of this community. But as an outsider witnessing uh, people willing to share their knowledge and help each other out is a, is a beautiful thing. And I think that's kind of a, a running theme across the cannabis community is that uh, idea of sharing and um, helping each other out. People who are genuine anyway, right? And it, it's, it's good to see that because there are so many different groups and variants who are part of the cannabis community. And uh, when you see people sharing across lines, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But... Let's talk about the weed we smoked this week. I am really excited to talk about this particular one because it's the first time we've reviewed a legal outdoor cultivar. Yeah, which is pretty surprising, hey? There's just not a lot of outdoor on the market, I guess. Well, I mean, we've we've reviewed, quote, sun-grown stuff before, which uh, I have been previously corrected upon that just because it's sun-grown doesn't mean that it's outdoor necessarily but some people think of a greenhouse and, and whatever but uh, this is legitimately outdoor grown cannabis from some folks in Ontario the producer is called willowweed and the cultivar that we're looking at this week is OG Kush which is of course one of our favorites 
Yeah, I love a good OG Kush. That's for sure. I previously had it from, well, I had SFV OG Kush from Simply Bear that I've loved and other other ones I've liked as well. This was also very enjoyable, I must say. I did a little bit of research on the company because this is my first time sampling something from Willow Weed or, or really even hearing much about them. For those who don't know, we purchased this on, on Shelter Market. Uh, with uh, That's uh, one of our medical dispensaries that we regularly purchase from. And uh, we pr- picked this one up for about $35 or so for, for three and a half grams. The, the company is one that I would love to get behind. You know, it's uh, a family operated business, very much like uh, Vert West, who we've previously talked about on here. And I really love that. I'm, I'm, I'm loving seeing these uh, uh, smaller companies come to market, these family-owned companies come to market. I, I really appreciate that and and want to continue to support that kind of uh, a business structure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty clear in the reviews that, that we do that our preferences for that. Uh, we find that these companies tend to produce a, a higher quality cannabis for the most part. We'll, we, we're, the jury's always out on consistency, but the first runs that we've had from a number of these groups have been really impressive. And we like to support these small guys. And, and I think you'll see that kind of continue in some of our reviews. But uh, yeah, this this OG Kush, I, I, I quite liked it. It um I got a quarter of this and I think we picked this up on the Black Friday sale or was this or not Black Friday sale the uh I think we picked this up on the Boxing Day sale, right? We did. And it's kind of a a sh- Oh, wait, wait, no. No, that's not that couldn't be true cuz mine's packaged February 2nd. Oh shit. Okay, no. Then we just bought this stuff. Beautiful. This was uh <laughs> they had they had some kind of a sale around Valentine's Day or something like that, right? Oh, pre-rolls maybe. I don't fucking remember. I thought there was like a 20% like blanket sale that they had a little while ago. I think that might've been when I grabbed this. Okay. I don't Hard to remember. keep track anymore. We don't, we yeah. typically don't buy from shelter until there's a big sale. <laughs> Unless there's yeah. something we really want. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, regardless, uh, we picked this up recently. Um, I hadn't had it until recently because I know I wanted to save it for a review. Mine was packaged February 2nd, 2021. So this is incredibly fresh. It's like mm-hmm. a month old, at least since the pack date. And uh, what were your first impressions on the, like the appearance of the buds and stuff like that? Uh, the appearance was fine to me. I got seven grams of this. So I had a little bit more than what you had picked up. And I think it went right into glass. The buds themselves weren't necessarily like show buds, you know what I mean? Which I, I kind of expected, uh, given that the price was a little bit less. And I don't necessarily know what the significance of what you're going to visually see for an outdoor bud. I don't feel confident enough to be able to make any kind of assessment in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. They weren't necessarily overly visually impressive, but it, it didn't make a negative impression on me in, in any way. Uh, it's not like I, I looked at it and saw things that were caked or anything like that, but there were, the buds were in uh, decent repair, maybe a touch dry, but I believe this is a first run offer to shelter. So it, I mean, you usually see a bit of dryness, but nothing offensively dry and nothing that a, a little bit of Boveda, perked it right up in a little couple minutes done yeah i had very similar thoughts in my three and a half gram package i did get about nine or ten small nugs but they were nice little nugs they had decent trichome coverage but like you said i don't i don't really have anything to compare them against because i mm-hmm. i don't know really uh i don't really know where the baseline is for for outdoor quality but i was I was quite happy with the buds that I got. Um, they looked really nice. They're they're kind of like this really nice shade of green, and they have some real dark spots that are flecked throughout them, kind of almost like they're dusted in pepper. Mm-hmm. They look quite nice. 
about the what about the smell? What about the smell once you got into a jar and stuff like that? What did you think? Oh, I thought the smell was really nice. It, it it's one of those that came out of the bag for me, so there was no muting of it, which I was pleasantly surprised because I wasn't sure what we'd see from the terps popping with an outdoor product because this was our first time. But I quite enjoyed it. It was that classic. OG Kush nose that I, I know very well. Uh, I think this one has a lot of terpenoline and that doesn't surprise me because it, it hits a lot of those minty and piney notes with like a bit of earthiness to it. That's how I, I kind of like described it. it. It is a bit similar to Ghost Train Haze and which I know also has a lot of terpenoline. I find I like cultivars with uh, that terpene in then so uh, i was pretty impressed with it man what did you think of it well for some reason i had i mean i had told you this <laughs> on uh, like via text message but when i had popped the the zippy for this one um for some reason i had i got like some faint like fishy notes and i that Ooh. that was not consistent after i had ground it up and once i had put it into a, a jar okay that that did not return but uh, yeah, very similar with you. There's there's quite a, a nice like sweetness to it almost. Eh? I, I really enjoyed the the flavors of it and the the smell of it as well. For some reason, I didn't really pick up on it that it was kind of like a, a similar scent profile to Ghost Train Haze. But you're absolutely right. It 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 does hit a lot of those same those same notes. Yeah, it's not it's not identical, but it's like almost like a, a relative, like a sibling. Yeah, like a sibling smell, sibling scent, simply Garona. I don't know, is that a thing? It, it's yeah. very very close, but not quite the same thing. And it's enough to give me that like reminder of like, oh yeah, that's kind of like what Ghost Train smells like. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for some reason that I didn't I didn't pick up I didn't pick up on that. But yeah, like you said, the dominant terpene in this is terpenoline, and I don't know if I've had a flower with terpenoline being the dominant uh the dominant terpene before so that led me to do a little bit of research on it and uh, apparently uh, strains that are dominant in terpenoline do have a bit of like drowsiness effects and uh they can help with uh, anxiety apparently so this that's a, a good medical application for this one potentially for the effects what did you what did you feel with this one just a really kind of chill relaxed kind of vibe I think in terms of the categorization, I would put this in like the relaxation area. Absolutely. That was, that was me too. It does have a, a very pleasant high to it as well. Like this will get you significantly stoned in my opinion, yes. but you, but you do have a lot of uh, relaxation effects with it as well. I had a bunch of it last night actually. And my spouse and I have been playing um, this, this uh, Zelda game that's co-op and uh, we played it for about two hours last night. We smoked a, a couple bowls out of the vaporizer of this OG Kush. And then we uh, leveled up and then had it in the, the bong afterwards. And it was amazing to play some, some video games on, man. I just like sat back in the couch, super relaxed and had a great time. Yeah, I, I didn't know that I would find this one to be like super couch lucky though. Like I didn't find it like kind of totally sat me on my ass. Like the, the buzz was quite heavy, but I felt like I was still pretty functional. I definitely wouldn't classify it as like a get shit done strain, but if you had to, you could. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was very relaxed, but yeah, I was I was coherent. I, I mean, I could hold the conversation and stuff. So I think that um, there's a little bit of like the, the brain fog that maybe isn't there with this one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the, the THC percentage, because we're obligated to mention the THC percentage, uh, was just a hair under 21% for this stuff. And it was, it was pretty inexpensive. What did you say you paid for the eighth again? I think it was about 35 bucks retail on Shelter. Okay. And then probably yeah. with like a discount. 
Yeah, I think yeah. that there was like a 20% off or something. Like you said, I normally only purchase off of Shelter if there's a, a sale just because they they primarily have craft cultivars and those are quite expensive. So we try to take advantage of those sales when we can. For terpene percentages as well, since you were mentioning the, the THC percentage, on the bag here, it says uh, 2.61% terpenes with, uh, like I alluded to, the terpenoline being the most dominant, followed by uh, caryophylline and, and beta-myrcene. So a lot of the usual sub- suspects there, but it's it's nice to see a different dominant terpene. Like I said, this isn't something that I, I, I can say I've experienced often. Yeah, and it's a great one. This really kind of checks a lot of boxes for me. Uh, we're talking about a small family-run company. We're talking about a cultivar that's OG Kush that we particularly like here. We're talking about an offering that's inexpensive. You're getting to try some outdoor grown cannabis. Uh, and it's a little bit more reasonable in terms of the pricing range that you see on shelter market, right? So even at the, the regular price, we're seeing it. It's still a little bit higher. Uh, and I know the grow your own people are poured at the price of any kind of legal cannabis being more than like two bucks a gram. But we do have some wiggle room with something like this. And I'm assuming that the outdoor is the reason for the drop in price. If you're on the fence about it, I honestly think this is a, a buy. Uh, given it's a little bit cheaper, it's going to get rebuy for me. I quite enjoy the the nose on it. And that's what it's all about for me lately is that enjoyable smoke. That's those good flavors and, and something that's going to hit the mark for your cannabis use values, as economist Cam likes to say. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's basically what I'm looking for with my weed these days, too. I want a, a good, enjoyable smoke. And I want the, I want to have a, a stockpile of, of different use values. Like you mentioned, I really like this one as well. OG Kush is a favorite of mine. So um, this is something that I will definitely repurchase. Uh, they have a couple other cultivars that they have out. Um, I, I can't think of them off the top of my head. So I apologize to the folks at Willow Wee for that, but I would definitely be checking out their products in the future. It's cool to see that we're getting some quality outdoor stuff hit the market. Yeah. It's really fantastic. And uh, I look forward to trying more from Willow Weed. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the adult cannabis enthusiast podcast, where I talked about my home grow extensively and uh, we reviewed the wonderful OG Kush from Willow weed. If you want to check us out on social media, again, we are at a cannabis pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel runs the Twitter and I run the Instagram. So you can check us out there. Again, if you want to check us out on an alternative method uh, for listening, we are basically available everywhere. Thanks to the good people at Podbean. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for listening and take care out there. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week. 